Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Pro Wrestling Index, delivered on the AI Podcast channel. I'm your host as usual, Guy Drinkle, and joining me, I've got my two regulars, uh, Tadiwa and Alex. How are you doing, Tadiwa? Yeah, I'm doing good, thanks. And yourself, Guy? Yeah, all good. Surviving the... Well, seeing as we've got an Australian on the <laughs> on the on the show, I can't really complain too much about the weather, considering what they've gone through, but uh, the, wi- the wind. <laughs> uh, <dear. laughs> but Alex, how's it over there in... What is it? Is it snowing yet? It must be snowing uh, soon. It's nearly. Um, for those who don't know, obviously the fires have been big and big news and everything. But then about a week after the fires, Melbourne, where I live, got dumped with a massive flash flood with hailstorms. My backyard was a swimming pool. Uh, so, yeah, the world's taken uh, quite a fierce dump on Australia right now. But that's okay because now it's the UK's turn to get their seasonal flooding by the sounds of it. I saw some of the damage before and it really did not look good. Um, yeah, done more damage than uh, Baron Corbin has to Roman Reigns' current state of affairs. And if that's not the last sure, time we mentioned that, that <laughs> so maybe. But if that's the last time we mentioned that match on this, that match slash that feud in general on this program, I think we'll have done well. Yes, we get we get one more mention because we're talking about the Rumble, and then we're not mentioning yeah, it ever fair. again. Fair, never again. Then it's blacklisted. Um. So in this one, we're going to cover. We're probably going to skip Worlds Collide because not much surprising happened there. But we are going to um talk about NXT Portland, which some some stuff was built from that and stuff like that um but we're going to start with the rumble uh we're not going to do a full like six million hour review with it we're going to kind of fly for it because we do have a a few bits to talk about and it was like eight years ago so um did either of you watch the preview uh the pre-show i watched the andrade versus alberto match which was well not really but it was intriguing in terms of the Umberto Carrillo experiment, I think, is it, it it may not be dead, but it's losing its traction mm. very quickly, and it's about to go spinning into the tree. Um, he just doesn't have any buy-in. He doesn't have any. Yeah. He's he's got a great smile and he's a fantastic wrestler, but he there's no reason to buy into his character, which is a shame if you're running a wrestling show in terms of Raw that is largely from the last four months five months been based on compelling 
characters finally and uh quite intriguing battles between these these big personalities even someone like samoa joe's had more of his personality reflected on raw lately uh where beforehand it was sort of just like the samoan submission machine i'm badass and i just talk um so now i think it's it's definitely a case of where does humberto fit into that when you've got andrade who is a charismatic just a magnet for eyes because he's he the way he moves, the way he looks, the way he wrestles is all just so smooth. And of course, Andrade is out now for the for the next sort of two and a half, three weeks. Um, it makes you question whether Umberto is uh, is really integral to Raw in, to, in the way that others seem to be. And now we've got, as we'll go into later, another Mexican star. Uh, he can bring way up now if you want to make sense. <clears throat> yeah, Angel Garza is incredible. He's phenomenal. He's he's like Andrade, but the other side of the coin where he smiles a lot and he engages with the crowd and that the, the tearing off of the pants is incredible. And I mean, on the last show, we were talking about how good he was at the Cruiserweight Champion. I don't think me or Taddy expected World Collide to go as it did, but I think everyone here can be happy that it, it did go that way because Angel Garza is a phenomenal talent and being on Paul Heyman's Raw is magnifying him which I think is a good mm. thing um, because, yeah, he's just incre- he's incredible in the ring, of course. But, yeah, that that magnetic lock that you have to him whenever he walks around, whenever he delivers a promo, his English isn't that bad. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's mm. it, it's a good move, put it that way. And and today, I mean, just kind of, and I know you didn't watch the pre-show because you're a human like me. Um I mean, what what do you make of Angel Gaz? I mean, first week on, or first appearance on, on Raw, I should say, I mean, he batters Umberto, who's either being pushed quite well or he's getting buried. There's, like, no middle ground whatsoever. But then he also, um, I can't remember if he beat Rey Mysterio or was it disqualification? But anyway, he um, DDT'd Rey after the match, didn't he? I mean, that's quite a, it's quite a big push, considering, I mean, Rey was working with Brock Lesnar, like, a couple months ago, so I mean that's good. That's a good sign for Angel Garza. Um, yeah, it's a good sign for him, and I think it's probably Humberto's worst nightmare, I guess, mm. because Garza is every everything that Humberto isn't. Um, he's got he's way more charismatic. He seems to pay attention to his character development. I don't know if that's just because of NXT, but even on the main roster when he came up. Uh, I thought he looked a, a lot better than Humberto's looked throughout um, his tenure up on the main roster. Um, I do think they've given Humberto a little bit of an edge with the with the DDT last time mm-hmm. around. Um, that that was something different. Other than that, he had seemed kind of vanilla and you know a very cheesy baby face that WWE loves to do. You know, if he smiles, it's more than enough. Kind of reminds me what they had Finn Balor doing, where they, you know, Vince yeah, was telling him smile. Yeah. Um, so it seemed like, yeah, it seemed like Umberto had taken up that role. Um, I think Angel Garza is a star, and it's. I was just, uh, it was just unfortunate for him that his taking off the pants thing didn't quite go as smoothly as I think he would have wanted. They kind of got snagged a little bit, yeah. but once gets once Vince gets a hold of those um you know the unique ways he gets around getting you know that 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 little gimmick he has going on I think he could have some fun with that um yeah but I think in terms of the storyline it's added a bit more flavor to it I think it's added more depth 
I wouldn't be surprised to see all four of these guys involved in some sort of fatal four-way uh, come mania time uh, for, mm. for the time. But yeah, I, I'm digging it at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I quite like it. I mean, if um, Andrade is back in time, maybe a tag match at um, Saudi Shitshaw or even the Elimination Chamber before Mania. Maybe that, and then, as you say, it might develop into something can, bigger then. Can we not waste Angel Garza's first appearance on the Saudi shit show? I don't want, I, don't, I mean, I, I know it's not canon. It's not canon. It'll never be canon, but God, let the booking team from 1998 have their fun with the Saudi show, book all the old timers, and then they can do what they want, you know, with Kane and, uh, you know, Goldberg. the likes of Tyson Fury, Goldberg, the special attractions, hey, and hey, then leave the Bray actual good Bray, stuff to Bray Elimination is, Chamber. Where Bray Wood is tight with Saudi. Bray. <laughs> oh, that's right. He did too, didn't he? He did. That's right. He really did. I wonder if that's going to be a black mark against him in future where we're just going to be like, oh, he won the title. It just mysteriously appeared in his hands one day because of his feed magical powers. That'd be better. That would be better. It would. Yeah. Once once Saudi Arabia is crossed out of all WWE. But anyway, we're sorry, we're we're transgressing here. Uh I do think um in terms of Angel Gaza, it's gonna be interesting to see whether he <laughs> he was in NXT he did that fine balance between heel work, which he was really good at, but he was always very likable. And I think in the modern day and age, most heels end up faces after a while and I think Angel Garza that might be kind of exp- like exponentially speeded up just because of how likable he does get so unless they bring Ray back and have him sort of tussle with Garza the way he did with Andrade I don't know but uh, the idea of Rey Mysterio, Angel Garza and Andrade all having a series of matches with each other is just that's tantalizing as anything Latino stable I'm calling it <laughs> <laughs> and then Dominic comes back and he's the oh muscle. God. <laughs> he's, he's the one who wins in the end. Yeah, definitely. Oh, dear God. Um, to do what, I'll come back to you. It's the one time we're going to mention him, as I say, Roman v. Corbin. Um, a surprisingly good match, I'd say, considering the horrendous build-up to it. But, I mean, the one black mark against it is that we thought this would be the end one way or the other, especially if Roman won, and it's not. But it was a good match, nevertheless. Yeah, I thought it was a good match. And I think the fact that they were able to use the, the entire stadium was pretty cool. And we got to see, you know, all different parts of the stadium. It allowed them to, you know, do a lot more smoke and mirrors. I think maybe just an in-ring one-on-one match, considering how they like to build Roman up and how much Vince loves Corbin speaking, I think could be a scary, <laughs> scary match, not in a good way. Um, you know, you can picture Corbin just, um, talking trash to him the entire match with sleeper holds and all these kind of things. But I think, yeah, they were able to utilize the entire building. Um, you then rope in some of the guys that have been helping them out throughout uh, this whole program, which was also fun to see. Um, I think I think everyone thought this was the culmination. Or if this wasn't the culmination, definitely the SmackDown after with the the whole dog food angle. But yeah, this one just won't die, it seems. Uh, I think probably it's a mixture of how much heat uh, Corbin is able to get, especially live in the audience. It's it's always spoken about how 
how much you can really tell how much he's hated when when it when it's in the live programs and maybe it doesn't translate as much on the TV but it definitely translates live and Vince definitely takes notice of that but yeah so it's coupled with how much heat Corbin's able to get and also how much more cheering Roman has gotten in this program because probably one it's against Corbin so no one wants to cheer him uh, although I do like King King of the Ring Corbin during the tournament, maybe not this best one. Best Corbin. Yeah. That was best Corbin. And he um, was amazing. Yeah, he, he was phenomenal during that time. Um, but yeah, so I think maybe the, they're liking the fact that Roman isn't getting booed for a change. So they're trying to keep it going as long as they can. Yeah. It helps get... Well, is it is it protest booed uh, cheers to Corbin? Or is it actually getting Roman over? That's probably the question because... We all know where Roman's going. He is fighting. He will be fighting Bray Mania, and we know people like Bray. We, I don't think that'll transfer over that well. I think. Well, it's hard for me because I don't watch SmackDown because it's shit. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> a real thing. It's, it's pretty it's hard for me shit, to judge. Yes. Yeah, it's shit. Um, uh, so yeah, it's hard for me to judge really. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I did enjoy this match, but the match that will not be named happening at Saudi shit shows. Is not good, um, but anyway, let's move. Let's move on from that because, yeah, um, it's okay, guys. It's okay, it's not canon, so it doesn't matter. It's so whatever you can ignore it, and it doesn't exist. Yeah, but I'll, in the world we live in, it doesn't exist. Yeah, but I'll watch it anyway because I am. <laughs> right, um, first of the rumbles, um, Alex. I mean, yes. let's talk about the winner first, and I'll let Tadira talk about his girl doing well for the first half. Yes. Um, that seems first cool. off, yeah. best book, best sorry, best women's rumble uh, that's happened out of the three. Yeah, yeah. One of the that. better better rumbles in a while, actually, in terms of overall quality. I thought it was fantastic. The Santina thing was awful, but yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, I'm not going to steal any thunder from Tadira, but yes, the NXT girls had a very good showing. Um, the only weird thing was that T- Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox came in at very yeah. completely separate points, which was, I found a bit strange. Why wouldn't you just have a nice little nod to NXT continuity there? That's because Vince doesn't watch NXT. <laughs> probably, yeah, probably is. Uh, and Rumbles are notoriously hard to book. So, given everything that happened, given sort of there were only seven women announced for it and confirmed. <laughs> Um, I think everything was done rather well. Even the Shayna Baszler stuff done rather well. I'm not against Charlotte winning it. She literally said the week before mm-hmm. we talked about this in the preview pod, it's the one thing I haven't won yet. And she is probably... Actually, no, I'd, I'd go as far as to saying outright she's the greatest female wrestler ever. Even now. Purely because of everything that's happened with the women's evolution as they... Just dang to call it constantly, but also because she is she's the one that constantly puts on the matches, the good matches, the brilliant matches, the staple matches. Or I mean, with an asterisk on the main event of WrestleMania because she was just almost forced into that. Um, I understand why they gave it to her. I understand why it was she was booked that way, and they made the best of it by um, having her go challenge Rhea Ripley, or vice versa. Because mm. Rhea is pretty much the hottest thing in the company right now. Um, 
it's in terms of momentum wise, of course it wouldn't make sense to put the hottest thing in the company right now with the rumble winner because you just elevate her even more. Uh, so yeah, to me, Charlotte winning at the time was a bit flat, but looking back now and with given what they've done with it, fantastic move. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree with that. I think we were, we were talking in the preview, weren't we? Like it's probably going to be Charlotte and Rover. <laughs> Well, uh, that's the thing. It was yeah. inevitable. Like it seemed inevitable, and as soon as Charlotte won it, I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> just oh, they're gonna <laughs> do it, aren't they?" Vince had his wet WrestleMania. I'll give you Kofi. I'll give you Becky, and I'll give you Seth beating Brock. And then next year, it's gonna be my year. Damn it! <laughs> uh, but no, no, he didn't do that. Thank you, thank you, Vince. Mm, XFL's obviously distracted him already. <laughs> uh, um, let his hope there's he gets so invested in teams winning that and, and the XFL numbers that he stays the hell away. Yes, the XFL being a success is great for us all. <laughs> it really is. Yes, absolutely. Um, today, what your thoughts on Charlotte, and then you can talk about your girl. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was worried. Uh, leading into it of Charlotte winning it I thought it would have been quite boring but considering what they've done with it um, I'm, I'm really it really makes sense why she won it uh, and, and as, as has been said earlier the fact that it's one thing that she hadn't done yet um, it, yeah it kind of became a foregone conclusion that she was going to and also the fact that they bigged up that she was the first one to announce to be in it um, both male or female roster so, yeah, I think it's going to be exciting considering who she, she's shaping up to be lining up against. And um, I was worried that it was just going to be the normal Charlotte Becky main event mm. thing. And then that would have taken a little bit out of the fact that she won it. Um, then I don't think she wouldn't have needed to win it, even though I still kind of think she doesn't need to win it because she's Charlotte. Um, similar to Roman Reigns, you can just put them in the main event and no one's going to battle Eilid. They might not like it, but in canon, there's a reason why you know they would be in that match and they have a right to be in it. I think in terms of her performance in the Rumble itself, I, I thought she did pretty well. She looked pretty strong, determined. Um, yeah, I, I, it, it was a good performance. <laughs> the star of the Rumble there for me um biases aside totally <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah the staff for me bianca Belair, totally fantastic in in the in the rumble and if you think about it they usually and i know they did this time they usually rehearse the women's rumble beforehand um i think they re- rehearsed it on the saturday and apparently, well, Bianca Belair said that she only found out that she was going to be in it uh, in the evening after Worlds Collide. So she didn't have time to prep for it, really. And to, to think that she didn't have time to prep and she still pulled off that performance, that was pretty interesting and amazing. Um, yeah, so all credit to her for that. I thought she looked strong. I thought um, they elevated her. They used the rumble in the right way which is it's a showcase match for people that you want to elevate people that haven't ever really had a chance, I think, or people that you trying to build up sort of like we'll speak about Drew, Drew McIntyre later, but in terms of this NXT um, character coming on, holding her own and being pretty dominant, I, I think just lends to her being a, a force going forward. 
and I think from an athletic standpoint, she she broke I think all of Charlotte's records in in the performance center. So she definitely m- matches Charlotte athletically. Um, and then I just am not a fan. I wasn't a fan of the fact that um, as soon as uh, Shayna and Charlotte came in, they both also had quite a quite a lot of eliminations. And then I, I'm not sure if it was Shayna or if it was Charlotte that ended up tying Bianca for most um, eliminations. Mm. I thought they should have that just was, that record for, for, for Bianca. That, uh, consum- that was what was funny. Uh, because Bianca yeah. spends like half an hour just eliminating everyone and, and like she gets the big ones. She keeps tossing people over. It's like, oh, it's another one. Then Shana comes in <laughs> and within 40 seconds. It's like, oh, there's 13. Shana just eliminated half the Royal Rumble in 45 seconds. Oh, okay. I guess yeah. she's equal to record too. Exactly. But I have, I, I have a suspicion that was Hunter being like, uh, well, Bianca needs to. We want to make Bianca look good, so she needs to get the eliminations. And then Vince goes, "Well, I'm about to get Shayna Baszler on my main roster. No, she needs the most eliminations." And they compromised. <laughs> need in the middle. Yeah, that that, that sounds quite, that sounds quite legit, uh, quite so, solid. Um, and then yeah, I also I also thought uh, the Naomi coming back in the Rumble. Um, she always has a uh, some sort of spot. I think she takes the Kofi spot or the John Morrison spot for for the women's rumbles. Um, so so that was that was pretty good. And then I'm just worried in terms of post the rumble, uh, the fallout of it, whether or not you guys think Bianca is being kind of pushed to the side. Um, in terms of you know they they've got a match coming up, and I suppose in NXT they're dressed it and they're playing it quite well in that. Bianca's kind of the girl saying, "Hey, you still have to get through me before, you know, before WrestleMania. If if Charlotte is to challenge Rhea at WrestleMania, um, Rhea still has to go to Bianca and, and Portland. And I'm hoping, obviously, uh, that Charlotte kind of messes that Portland matchup and it ends up being a triple threat at Mania. That's I, certainly interesting. you go, guy. You go. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly interesting. I mean, it it, it because um. Bianca's kind of, I don't know, I think the Rumble may have been the the push moment, because I think she's always been seemingly the next one in line, probably the next after the Shayna one, but I think that was before Rhea became what she is now. Um, So if they want to really push her, I think that's probably the way to do it, but I think it makes more sense to just do Charlotte with Rhea, because the storyline's been there since Survivor Series. Albeit they did, I think was it Char- Charlotte eliminated um, Bianca, wasn't it? I mean, it'd be cool to see. I don't know Charlotte v Bianca at I don't know Elimination Chamber or something. I mean, you can still build a star without her being in the NXT with it, without her being in the uh, WrestleMania match, I suppose. But I think it, I think it'd make more sense for just a one v one match myself. Yeah, I'm the same. After last year, I'd like I prefer to see the one v one match. I think. What what they're doing with the Rhea versus Bianca is getting eyes on that match because they're really hyping it up. And by having Charlotte come in now as opposed to in like four weeks, it makes people turn to this match and go, oh, there's there's a bit of indecision here, actually. They're like, maybe they could do it. Maybe they could um, change the title. Uh, and essentially that's, that's, you know, good booking. But also... I, th- I have a sneaky suspicion that Bianca is going to go up after WrestleMania, and this is an elongated sort of hype video for her because if she gets involved with Charlotte, I mean, a Rumble showing was more than enough, but 
if she gets involved with everything, including Rhea Ripley, who I imagine is going to hold that title for quite a while, given the fact that she's had rocket the rocket strapped to her. Um, I could definitely see Bianca coming up after Mania and being that, that what's the word? That first sort of post-Mania Charlotte, I mean, the thing with Charlotte is she might win the NXT title. You just don't know. But on the proviso that Rhea does beat her at Mania, Charlotte comes out, the you know, the roar after, Bianca's there, big moment, big first feud set up, bang. Whether Charlotte cops two losses to two NXT girls is another thing, but I think, yeah, it's just given Bianca's trajectory, and it's always harder now, given the NXT on USA thing, they're a third brand, yada, yada, yada. But the way NXT have stacked their women and the amount of women coming through, I think they are going to have to shift two of them to the main roster. They've already done Shayna by the looks of it. Mm. Um, because the rumor obviously is Shane yeah, and Becky, yeah. and I think Bianca is probably the next one. And it would be a shame if she didn't, you know, hold the NXT Women's title. It's not saying she never will, but she is just so super talented. Um, and she is so like obviously a star that just needs a bit more refining that I think you could put her on the main roster and you'll get that refinement within a year. So yeah, I don't, I don't see Rhea losing the title probably till SummerSlam to be honest, but uh, the next few, the next two months will obviously be interesting to see how they pull that off. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think I agree with you then that NXT, you can build around Rhea. Tony. Well, yeah, exactly. You've got so many. You could... all be back. Well, I think Tony's... Yeah, Tony's the next one to come over. You've got, obviously, Io Shirai. Candice is getting big now. Dakota Kai's a fantastic heel. Tegan Ox's fantastic mm. face. Um, Mercedes Martinez has just gone there. She made her debut. Casey's back, obviously. And then even, you know, waiting in the wings. There are some fantastic, fantastically talented women's roster members. Sh- um, Shoti... Shoti Blackheart had that little mini program with Shayna. She's fantastic too. So the NXT's women is, is are so stacked and there are so many talented ones there that I just can't see Bianca and, and Shayna sticking around for much longer. Let, let's move on to Shayna because obviously she was in the last two. Um, to Dewa, obviously she got a lot of criticism seemingly behind it, maybe not her, but the, the main event of Survivor Series got a lot of criticism and rumoured to be behind the scenes criticism as well um, that I just didn't click when Shayna in the ending of the rumble, I know she kind of got booked strong initially, she obviously I think she, as you say, matched the eliminations uh, but Bianca did but the ending did make her look a bit of a doyle Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. 
When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Yeah, I I wasn't too too impressed with the ending. Um I to to go so long and to do such a wonderful job with booking the rumble itself, as as Alex has mentioned, um, I thought the finish could have been booked a little bit better. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I think maybe that's just nitpicking from from our end. Um, I think in terms of where she stands, uh, definitely uh, backstage she did take quite a bit of heat for for that match. Whether or not she was the one to blame, she was the one that was given the blame. Um, it's just sometimes the way that it goes in WWE. Uh, I think, I wonder if they almost have to rebuild her because we have mm. to remember not everyone in the main roster watches NXT. And in fact, it, it's, it's quite a fraction of it considering, you know, the, the ratings that we're seeing now. Um, if she comes up, they're just going to see her as the girl that, you know, Lost at Survivor Series. Yeah. Um, at the Rumble, she got outfoxed by Charlotte in quite a dopey move. Uh, I, I, I don't know what they're going to do in the space between now and WrestleMania to build her up mm-hmm. as the competitor for Becky. I thought they would have already brought her onto the show now so that they can build her up. But the more time they're holding off, it, it just seems like it's not going to be enough time for the casual fans. I think for all of us, it, um, especially the ones that watch NXT and invested in, you know, maybe the news side of wrestling as well. They know what a beast she is and what a threat she she brings. But I, I just don't see it as a casual fan's perspective, how they're going to build it up there. They're certainly taking their sweet time. Yeah, I think they have to really introduce her. I think they're doing Becky the Asker again next week. Or actually, it's tomorrow. <laughs> so he does record on Sunday. It's tomorrow. I think they're doing that on Raw. Um, I'm pretty sure that's true. Some maybe bring her in and attack Becky after that. I, that should really main event the show, and if you finish on Shayna beating up Becky, it makes doesn't make a star, but it makes a, a strong inter- re- reintroduction. It's probably the right way of saying it. So that's probably but that's exactly show, it, isn't it? If you, mm. if you have Becky, the top star, sort of elevating her, I think that does enough for Shayna. At least gives her the platform to for the casual audience to sort of learn about her. She's also got the Ronda connection, I think, which helps. But as long as they don't lean on that too much, Becky's such a incredible sort of persona that I think, yeah, I think exactly what you said there, Guy. It sort of makes Shayna as a, uh, what's the word, formidable foe for WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd agree. I'd agree. Uh, just, yeah, I think you do have to kind of. I, I think today you made some good points there in terms of the casual audience will have only seen her be a bit, a bit shit. <laughs> um, so yeah, you do. I well, think a bit of a dirt. Yeah, yeah. A bit of an, a bit of an idiot. Yeah, you need. I think there's a. You need to re 
repackage is probably the right way um, of doing it. Um, what was the next match? Bailey v Lacey Evans. Yep. No, can we skip that? Yeah, Bailey won that one. Uh, right, yep. uh, Alex, I'll stay with you. Um, the Fiend v Daniel Bryan in what was a strap match, which was somewhat of a worry, a worry because it's a a limiting um, stipulation. I've, I don't think many people can remember a good strap match. We sure as hell can now. It was okay. First off, I I'll admit that this. Is I agree that it was a polarizing match because not in the way of love it or hate it, more in the way of love it or indifferent. I came down on the side of absolutely loving it. Um, I thought it was fantastic. I thought the slow start was necessary to build up to the brutality of the second half. I understand that people don't like those matches anymore because I think they've been uh, conditioned towards everything being at a certain pace to contribute to like an overall match story. Whereas I think this was more of a build, 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 savage, 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 savage. God, those, those, some of those whip shots with, <laughs> with the strap were incredible. Um, the ones to, to Wyatt's face were amazing. Oh, you could see his eye puff up underneath, couldn't you? Yeah. It's, it really well set up. And that's the kind of, I think that's the kind of trust that, they put in that match to be able to go, yep, you're going to go at it completely. We're going to put you in the strap match because you two are most, I mean, Brian in terms of the dependable worker and the fiend in terms of being able to sell it. Yeah. Um, sell every little thing, which I think is part of the reason, especially me and you were so attached to the, the fiend character when it came in was yes, it was bonkers. It was incredible. It was just dramatic and different, but every little thing why it did was magic. Like the little stuff in the Firefly Fun House, the little dances, the little the 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 comments, the little comments about his former personas, and I think this match was full of little moments. You know, from the looks to Brian using the strap to to put on the yes lock, to um the the sort of the way Wyatt had him hooked up, and the comeback was perfectly timed. And then, as I keep saying, just like a good horror movie, you think they have a chance. And then you realize, oh, no, they don't. And your heart sinks and you go, nah, they're just going to lose again. And that's why the Mandible Claw, I think, is perfect for this character because it's the perfect sort of horror movie. Oh, no, he's got him. That's it. It's done. And he can sink it in and sink it in and sink it in and let it all just sort of drip down as everyone realizes, yeah, it's that's it. That's done. So, yeah, I love the match. Um, what about you, Guy? Did you – was this an A-plus Fiend match for the first time since Finn Balor? I just remembered the most important bit. The red light Which was is. gone. Yes, yes, absolutely yes. Thank God. Is, is that because it was a baseball stadium, though? Or is it because someone has learned that the red light was shit? He is hoping it was because... Well, look, the only reason I think they would have continued it is because they set the precedent that the fiend is different, spooky, under the red light. But, you know... Now, I think someone admitted back there that, no, it's just shit. It just doesn't work, so let's change it. Here's hoping. Yeah. I mean, I, as I say, I haven't watched SmackDown. I don't think he's been on. I know he's done the Firefly, Firefly news this week. That's the only bit <laughs> yeah. I've watched. Um, but I, I, I think the red light still came on on telly. Um, but I might be wrong on that. But, uh, I mean, we won't really see till the... Till the Saudi show, but then, as you say, that's not canon. And then 
not sure what you can do with him at Elimination Chamber. I mean, if you put, I mean, I'd love to see it, but if you put the Fiend in the Elimination Chamber, that's going to be something. <laughs> uh, that really would. I'd Imagine be... him just locked in that the the <laughs> um, plastic case, just looking at people, freaking them the hell out. That You're locked in here with me. <laughs> yeah. But did you did you like the match? Oh no, I loved it. I loved it. I really yeah, did. It, I'm it's, glad. I'm just so. It almost makes me feel. What if? Why? I really wish to save this story for the mania period, and then done it properly. Because I know you can tell a similar story with with Roman and and Bray because of the past and stuff like that. But I think Bray's best work in well, seemingly in both character forms has always been with Brian. And to be fair, his stuff with Roman was good back in the day, but that was like Hell in a Cell and stuff like that, wasn't it? And it led to the Wyatt family, the the Shield. But I I think... It was brilliant, though. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. It was fantastic. I I just think, in terms of a 1v1 match, I think the thing of Bray Wyatt v. Brian is better, but it's... uh, it It just made me reinvigorated with the character, to be fair. And as soon as the red light wasn't there, I mean, I think... I I was the I might have been the only one messaging, but <laughs> that was the best moment of the night for me, and it was one of my favorite pay per views. And the fact that there was just no red light that was <laughs> it says a lot says a lot about what what we've been missing since the Finn Balor match. And yeah, it, it's no surprise there is two best matches as well. To be fair, oh without a doubt, and they were the two that did the most for the character. Yeah, you think? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, today, what did you think of it? A bit more <laughs> and a uh, unbiased opinion. <laughs> no, no, no. It's always good to let you guys have have your moment with the. Uh, you had Bianca, Bray, especially yeah, especially because <laughs> I got Bianca. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a really good match, and one of the best storytellers is Daniel Bryan. So, if anyone's going to get something out of a, a a character like the Fiend, it's going to be Daniel Bryan, and, and I thought he executed that really well and obviously Bray playing up to it and, and playing his role as well. Um, I think in terms of the match itself, uh, Alex was correct in that the, 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 the peaks and the valleys were really, really well worked out, well orchestrated. Um, and Brian just, I think he's so willing to take so many hits and, and so many bumps that it just made the fiend look like even more of a monster. And, and as it was, as Alex was saying, just as we thought, maybe Brian had a chance. They just whip the carpet, you know, whip the rug from under you and and the fiend comes back. I, I thought this storytelling definitely is more a mania thing than a Royal Rumble one. It just seems like they're accelerating the story of the fiend and that's never a good sign for me leading up to mm-hmm. WrestleMania because it, it seemed, you know, the, this is the type of match that would have, at, at mania, I think would have solidified the fiend as you know, a character that, that just can't be beaten. And then you head into the, the summer slams and the survivor series looking for his next opponent. Um, but it seems like this, yeah, it seems like this happening at Royal Rumble, it, it might be coming to an end. Um, hopefully not sooner rather than later, considering the next pay-per-view coming up. But, um, I think, I think the character itself is, it, it hasn't been allowed time to breathe for, for me. Um, and we can see it also with the lights of the Firefly Funhouse. There's so much that's gone on that we, we actually haven't had enough time to digest all of it, uh, and I think that has hurt the character a bit, and obviously the red light not being there was really, really big, and it, it made for a better showcase, I would. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I do agree. I think they've rushed the character, and I think you could tell when when Bray lost the creative control and it went into probably Vince's hands, to be honest. You, you could probably tell. And then it rushed into the Seth stuff. Hell in a Cell was such a mess, and that that's took a, a while to get over. But I think the Daniel Bryan story has done a good job in rebuilding that, and it, it'll just be interesting to see. But I mean, while, whilst we're on it, Alex, I'll talk to you on this. Him v Goldberg. Um, it's not what I expected when Goldberg was announced to be picking his opponent. It's certainly going to be interesting. It's, yeah. I mean, I've got this flashing thing in the back of my head of Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens, but no, they can't. They can't do that again. Uh, especially not a Super Saudi show. So um, I think this is just going to be one of those weird out of context, out of continuity, rather. And I suppose it's out of context too, because there is no wrestling context for this uh, sort of blip Saudi matches. Um, the build-up should be interesting. That segment on SmackDown, again, I'm the same as you guys. The only one I've actually seen properly uh, was actually quite good. It was just kind of in and out, bang, bang, bang. Firefly Funhouse added some stuff. Goldberg was pretty. Uh, what's the word? Goldbergy. Blunt. <laughs> Goldberg. Goldberg. <laughs> Extremely Goldberg. Yeah, he was he was just pure Goldberg, which was nice. Um, the interesting thing is, I think that the the hmm, novelty of the fiend doesn't wear off because there are so many ways you can contrast him. If you put him against Roman, it's not just the history, but it's this you know valiant fighter, big dog. I'm the I'm just Roman. I'm just a badass. I'm just gonna kick people's asses versus a guy who's not phased by Rome by the Roman Reigns against Brian. It was the, the technical and the history and Goldberg is something different again. Um, and I com- that's why I completely agree with Tadira in that putting the title on him wasn't good for the character. It was just a sort of one of those rash decisions that Vince loves to make. I do enjoy the fact that we can now get matches like... I mean, we could have got matches like these anyway, but the title adds that extra bit of incentive. Uh, and Goldberg versus The Fiend is one of those matches that makes me curious. It doesn't necessarily make me excited, but it does make me go, oh, okay, that should be at least somewhat interesting. Um, as long as Goldberg doesn't drop him on his head again and nearly kill him like he did Taker, we should be fine. Yeah, to be fair, I don't think he'll be picking up the fiend anytime soon. I mean, you might spear. I think if pretty much, I'm expecting we see a spear, and then he just hops back up. I mean, he might try and jackhammer him, but it should. I be. don't think that that's going to happen. A jackhammer? I don't think he's Bray's pretty big, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he can get him. And the thing is, the problem is he has to hold him up there. You know, otherwise yeah. it's just going to be five seconds. <laughs> yeah. To be exactly. fair, if it, if it wasn't, I don't think he can. if it wasn't in Saudi, I could see. I'm not sure. It will it'll be there somewhere, won't it? Uh, what, hemi- what hemisphere is Saudi Arabia? <laughs> Northern. Oh, so well, it'll be winter. Surely the, surely in, in Saudi Arabia Jackhammer brings unwanted associations with migrant workers. Oh, I suppose that's the Qatar, well, isn't it? Well still, but I mean I was just thinking well, I, mean, heat, I was thinking heat wise, if it's two hundred degrees, like even doing like a spear will probably kill Goldberg. Never mind picking yeah, someone up. True. That is true. Oh, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. That's all right. I was just thinking, he worked with Lesnar, I know it was a couple of years ago, but he worked with Lesnar and could jackhammer him. Maybe it was just 
him and Undertaker. It didn't really work and doing the swapping Tombstorm yeah. and shit. So I think he could jack a hammer. But yeah. and look, that was really scary. Yeah. Take him up. So really I really was. just do the, exactly what you said, guy. Spear, Fiend gets straight back up, big pop, and then just end it from there. I don't think this match will be longer than five minutes, put it that way. Entrance is longer than the match. That's what we're going for. Um, Today were Becky v. Oscar. We uh, mentioned it's happening again on Raw, so spoilers that uh, Becky won. But uh, it, these two seemingly have quite good chemistry. I, I didn't really enjoy the ending with the, the uh, green mist and all that jazz getting kicked from <laughs> kicked out of her mouth and stuff like that. But the match itself, I really enjoyed, actually. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a decent match and obviously helped that Becky did all that she could, I thought, to try and build Oscar up. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never understood um, whenever they have opponents and they, you know, mock them or, or try and showcase that they're just going to steamroll through them, especially when you've got someone like Oscar, you want to build her up as, you know, this formidable character because when you do go over that person, you seem a bigger star. So I, I thought she did well, and, and she recognized that uh, quite well. Uh, in terms of the match itself, yeah, I thought it was a pretty good match, uh, quite hard-hitting. Um, Asuka, I think, is, is a consummate professional, and, and she's really good at her role. Uh, I am enjoying her role at the moment in, in terms so, of just... Yeah. She, she, she knows how good she is, and she's not going to apologize for it. And this time around, it just seemed Becky was... Becky was up to, you know, up to the challenge and Becky just, I think, goes on. Um, whether or not Becky has plateaued, I think, is is a question that should come into the conversation sooner rather than let, later. Um, it's not to say, you know, that, that she's having a bad run or anything, but they're running out of people that they could give her and then, here, you know, enter Shayna Baszler as the next challenger, which is probably why I was hoping they would have built up Shayna enough by now because, you know, once you beat the woman that you couldn't beat, where do you go from from here? Um, it'll be interesting to see how, how they build that matchup come, going forward. And then in terms of Oscar, um, hopefully they get back to the tag team stuff for her and mm. uh, Kari and they actually have some matches. Um, it, it do, seems do, we have, do we have a, do we have another tag team in the women's division now? <laughs> uh, we do. The tag team of the Royal Rumble that was... Beth Phoenix and Natalia. Ah, yes. Yes, oh. yeah. That is being pushed backstage. Hey, we spoke about in the group chat. Um, well, that'll be shit. Yeah, but... Ah, oh, Beth might make it good. Yeah, but Natalia's very boring. She is. She's awful. And I keep being reminded that she's awful because she keeps being awful. <laughs> and that's an interesting thing is sometimes they can deceive you and they can make you go, ooh. I mean, and, um, this is mostly Natalia slash Mojo Rawley slash... Uh, when he was in the WWE, Ty Dillinger, they make you go, "Oh, you know, he he's actually good. He's shown me some charisma. He's shown me a bit of a bit of verve, a bit of this, a bit of that." And Natalia keeps doing that because she she'll like come out and I don't know, do an impassioned promo or something like that. And then she gets in the ring and she makes you realize, ah, no, she's still crap. So yeah, but no, you're at, um, you're absolutely right, Taddy, in terms of get Oscar and Kyrie wrestling again. But just in terms of a question, do you think Kyrie should be faced by the time WrestleMania comes around or keep the tag sort of division on their toes with heel Oscar and heel Kyrie together? I actually like them as a heel stable. I personally think considering, um, 
you know, considering the dissatisfaction that Io Shirai has had in at at NXT and and might have her eye on on heading back to Japan with New Japan acquiring um, Stardom. Stardom, yeah. Um, she could be a star that they could use to to build that that company around. Um, I think WWE might be forced to bringing her up to the main roster to sort of appease her. And I wouldn't mind a stable of them three girls. Um, have the tag team championships with two of them, two out of the three, uh, and then have the third as a single star. I, I think mm-hmm. I think that could be a pretty pretty cool and pretty fun stable. And it would also just help them, you know, um, avoid the homesickness and and all of that if if they're all together as a team. I, I would imagine. Um, so from from my perspective, I'd keep them as as the dominant tag team. I think I'd make them even more dominant and try and build up some sort of babyface tag team. But I suppose that takes a lot of uh, planning and 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 long term planning that which WWE doesn't always seem to do at times. Um, maybe if it's uh, Alexa Bliss and and Nikki Cross, if you're going to build them up as the potential champions at Mania, have Oscar and and Kari squash quite a few of the teams that they do have available and, and try and build up the other ones to to challenge them at Mania. Mm, that's a good point because I'm thinking now Alexa and Nikki are a good face team. Kyrie and Asuka are a good heel team. Other than that, Iconics, good heel team. They've already been champions. Fire and Desire, but they've got but they've, they've got, got their own story going on. We do not want to be interrupted by anything yeah. at all. He'd overshadow that idea. Yeah. I think it might be interrupted, by the way, that Otis thing. Yeah, yeah I'm starting to um, think that's... the Valentine's Day, because he's got a Valentine's Day date next week, Friday, with, yeah. with Mandy. I have a feeling, considering how they've, they haven't really men- mentioned the lesbian angle with... Um, with Sonya. Lana and no, with Liz. Lana and oh. Ev, they 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 kind of stopped that. Um, although they're still feuding, they haven't mentioned why they're feuding in quite a while. And there's mumbles that you know um, Mandy and Sonia, because Sonia obviously um, she wanted to be the one to if if that was going to be an angle in WWE, she wanted to be the one to fly the flag um, for for obvious reasons. And maybe she might have convinced them to to give it a go with this Mandy storyline. I think that could be an interesting wrinkle so, if this so, coming Friday on the date, then, you know. So, so uh, we're getting fire and desire the heavy machinery at many. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch this. Sonya kicking the living <laughs> shit out of Tucker. <laughs> Tucker, you're like, you're like six foot four and huge, but you've got to, be, you've got to take all the beat from Sonya yeah. Deville. Oh, Absolutely. Oh, that would be fantastic. I'd watch. That'd be, match of the, that'd be match of the night, though. Oh dear! Um, but you know you're right. It would be it would make sort of and they teased it as well. I remember when Sonya, when Mandy touched Sonya's face a while back, uh, and then they taught, they sort of oh my god we didn't we, we didn't mention a spot in the women's rumble. Oh yes, oh. <laughs> incredible! Oh, incredible! I mean, sorry Sonya, we love you and everything, and fly the flag, but. God almighty, that was amazing. Just the way the camera panned down and his face was there nodding away with his tongue out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Mandy looked so happy. She was just like, oh my God, this is incredible. Oh, just the best. That This is what, it's genuinely, considering and considering it's on SmackDown, it's even weirder. This is one of the best sort of love angles they've booked 
in a long time. Yeah, I think so. And and they've definitely paid attention to it, um, which has been good to see. Yeah, and they've Absolutely. like I mean the only comparison I can think of in terms of how not to do it was the whole Zach Ryder, John Cena, Eve thing way oh, back God. then. Oh, God. And then Ken got involved but, for no reason. Yeah. And it was just ridiculous, and they overbooked do, it, whereas this seemed do, a bit more natural. They're just going step by yeah. step by step. Do you remember and the love obviously... triangle of Kane, AJ Lee, CM Punk, and Daniel Bryan? Or not, not, tri- not triangle. What would that be? Rect- rectangle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, rectangle. Jesus Christ, you did just remind me of that. that when AJ was like leading them all on. That was real interesting. Uh, but that's, I mean, yeah, the the thing I like about Mandy Notice is that they are incrementally building it up and the rumble spot seemed completely natural and it got a mm. massive pop. And then he just <laughs> stayed, out, he stayed out there. <laughs> yeah, it was great. But that, he must have been under the ring for like an hour. <laughs> just waiting. Uh, amazing. But I yeah, love that, that um, uh, either way, I think I think most people want to see Mandy and Otis be a thing, even if just just for a little bit. But Sonya and, uh, and he Mandy be- being a tag team again would be and he be- of- he beats Braun Strowman at Mania, yeah, for the Intercontinental Title. Yes. Oh my god, yes. have a live sex celebration. No, sorry, <laughs> we're carried away. Um, yeah, that that just yeah, it's it's been brilliant. But in terms of the other tag team, I was thinking. Um, well, you'd think Bailey and Sa- well, Sasha's injured again. Shit. What happened to Peyton Royce and Billy Kay? Well, as I was, yeah, same before the Iconics. They couldn't. They could be face, I guess. But yeah, I really want to see them again because I mean they're just incredible and they're incredibly talented and they're incredibly annoying. But um, the, the women's tag division is sort of threadbare. That's what I was thinking. I was like, well. Maybe you could bring someone up to be like a Sasha Banks protege in the same way in NXT, Charlotte and Becky were sort of Sasha Banks proteges um, back at, way back when. But I don't think you can sort of... I think Sasha and Bailey are going to sort of be intertwined. And I mean, we might come onto it later with the whole Bailey and Carmella thing, but mm-hmm. I don't think you can get away with planning a new tag team right now to be ready for Mania. Which yeah, puts them it, in a it'd, be, it'd be a tough one. I've, it'll probably, it probably it smells of pre-show as well. I do remember much of that. Um, which is a shame, but I think maybe post-mania, whenever he was um, fit, I quite like your idea of a a, a Japanese stable, and then probably Ao, because Kyrie's been damaged on the main roster. But if you bring Ao up, you could you could make a good stable and have her as the front runner. I, I think. Um. Can I just yep. just pop back to um, the Becky and Oscar match? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just wanted to ask. I, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a time when the when Becky went down and the referee was kind of stopping Oscar from getting to Becky, uh, and you and I don't know if Becky was holding her face or something. And then um, any time Oscar came close, she wasn't allowed to. I think just stuff like that really irritated me because it, this is a this is a fight for a title. Surely she should be allowed to pin her. The point of the fight is to hurt your opponent. Um, unless unless you're putting the X sign up and you're stopping the entire match, I just thought that was quite a quite a plot hole. Yeah, my only thing would be unless it's just furthering the idea that they that corporate wants to protect Becky. Okay. Um, 
but I did notice that too, and I thought it was really weird because it almost fragmented the match. Like you'd be like, "Oh shit, they're stopping, they're stopping the the action." Maybe she's hurt, and then you realize, "Oh no, they're just doing that weird ref spot where the refs pick and select their times to hold them back." I agree. I totally agree with you in terms of it really harms matches when they do that because I mean it's a title match; you should be allowed to do whatever. Um, in terms of pinning her, in terms of you know being vicious, but it made me think maybe that that was just another subtle nod to the idea that oh, even the refs are protecting Becky now. It's just a theory. Mm-hmm. I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. Um, right, Royal Rumble, Men's Royal Rumble time, which is either it might be my favorite Rumble ever or the most confusing Rumble ever. Because Alex, I'm going to start with you. Brock Lesnar eliminated what was it? 50? 14 people. 14 people. 14 people yeah. in a row. It was yeah. stuff from it was stuff that people do on the video game. It's literally how the video game works. I can't tell if yes. that was amazing or shit. And I think it, it was, was amazing. It was amazing, yeah. It was incre- it was my I mean I haven't it was my it was the best rumble that I've that's been how do I phrase this? It's the best rumble that I've been alive to see and not like a four year old. Because I think that that was 2001, wasn't it? The 2001 Rumble, the, the, the one that everyone holds up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that everyone holds up as being the best. And then there's one in, in the early 90s or late 80s, I think. But yeah, in terms of, it, I loved it. It was amazing because it perfectly set up your number one contender, which is what every Rumble should do, and then some. Uh, yes, there it was whack. It was insane. We probably won't see another Rumble like it. But in terms of what it was meant to do, Brock was a million bucks. Like he, the way, and you had your mini storylines inside the half Rumble as well. You had the Shelton thing. That was cool. You had Brock's reaction to Keith Lee, which was amazing. Yeah. You had the the sort of Keith Lee being eliminated by Braun Strowman's being being an idiot and being like, no, I'm the only big guy around here. Really? And then Brock eliminates them both. You had Brock leapfrogging off Big E into <laughs> Kofi Kingston. And, or AJ, one of them two. And Rare, absolutely really. decimating them. Oh, Ray, of course, it was Mysterio. Yeah. And then yeah, it was just incredible, that first half. And then the second half, you get the magic of Edge's return. You get Edge and Orton together again. You get... Uh, the, I was about to say the NXT guys, but it really was just Keith. And then Riddle was being punished for his altercation with Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do, you did get those surprises. Um, and at the end of it, they did the the classic WWE thing that they do these days, where they make you go, "Oh my god, they're actually going to do the annoying thing. They're actually going to make Ro- they're actually going to have Roman and Charlotte win it." Like we said, it is, they're just going to spite us. And then not only did Drew eliminate Lesnar, Drew won it. Um, and again, perfectly well made a star there. Uh, so for me, it was incredible. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Brilliantly booked Rumble. Great show in terms of we had l- some very good matches. Bailey Lacey was a bit of a downer. Becky versus Asuka was good. Uh, and that, But I mean, every great show has a great finish. And I think this show really did come up big in that respect. Absolutely. And today, well, let's let's um, get into Drew then. Uh, we'll talk about Edge because let's be uh, as much as I love Drew with an Edge was probably my favorite thing coming out of that. Um, for obvious reasons, the fact they missed the spear. 
Yeah. Kevin, yeah. Kevin Dunn. Fuck Kevin him. fucking Dunn. What a, you fucking wet wipe. What a that was. Watching that live was worse as well. Was such a prick. Um, <laughs> God. Um, yeah. I mean, let's see. Let's talk about Drew because. Well, let's be fair. I mean, it's kind of built the ricochet stuff as well um, with with Lesnar because the week before he obviously battered um, ricochet when he, with his little gimpy promo and that scared him and then just kicked him in the dick. Um, and then he's obviously fighting him at, at uh, Saudi Short at Super Shit Show, which we'll talk about in a, maybe a few minutes. But uh, Drew, um, I mean, that is a star is born moment, isn't it? Because it's not just that he eliminated Lesnar. It's the way they interacted afterwards where he was just staring a hole for for about five people coming down. I thought, I thought that is how you use Lesnar perfectly, regardless if Drew's winning or not at Mania. Oh, yeah, 100%. And especially in the Royal Rumble, as we mentioned earlier, um, this is the match that you can really build someone in a night. You don't have mm-hmm. to you know, do some sort of slow build. Or if it's a fast build, it, it seems random. In the Royal Rumble, you can make someone in one night. Um, and, and I thought they did it really well. Um, like Alex, this was probably one of my favorite Rumbles that I can remember definitely watching um, live or you know, in, in my living, living time. Um, I thought the, the match was set up really, really well. Brock Lesnar coming in at number one and just tossing everyone out. I mean, Elias lasted a minute, Eric Rowan, eight <laughs> seconds. Robert Reed, 41 seconds. John Morrison, nine seconds. Kofi Kingston, five minutes and six seconds, which is a victory in itself, I suppose, for Kofi, <laughs> considering the last time. The, the Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rey Mysterio was two minutes, 54. Big E was 53 seconds, um, even though he rallied everyone to, to, to get in the ring and try and get him out. Cesaro was 18 seconds. Shelton Benjamin, which was a great spot, um, especially if you consider the history of Benjamin and, and Brock. And I think Benjamin is the godfather of Brock's children or vice versa. But but one way around is, is definitely correct. I can't remember which way it is. So they're really, really good friends. And, and they played into that with, with him making it to the ring and, and Brock still tossing him out. So he <laughs> lasted 37 seconds. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, who at the time was a champion, uh, mm. lost at 20 seconds. He got so some offences. <laughs> so yeah, he did get some offences. But maybe that shows um, the, the the faith that they have in him at the moment. His run with the title wasn't anything special. Yeah. Uh, then you obviously get the 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 classic, you know, old, old-time old wrestler coming in, which was MVP. Uh, I thought that was oh. such a rant. Brock <laughs> Dunson, it was so... It was, yeah, was and, and Brock was loving his music. So I think one of the big factors was watching Brock's reaction after everyone was, as everyone was coming in, was really, really fun. Um, yeah. So he comes in, he lost the 24 seconds. And then probably the moment that many people were waiting for at number 13 came in Keith Lee. Mm. And you know Brock's reaction to him was perfect. When, when Brock really, <laughs> Ooh, big boy, oh. big boy. <laughs> when Brock wants to solve for you or make you seem like a star, he he. I, I don't think there's anyone better in the business purely because of the stock that he has at the moment. Um, you know the fact that and Heyman mentions it all the time, but the fact that you know all American wrestler 
comes to the WWE, dominates, goes to the UFC, dominates for a while, meets his match, comes back to WWE, goes, you know, a few runs in, in the UFC. He is a proper crossover athlete. And, and if he, you know, is selling for you or if he's showing that he's maybe intimidated by you, that, that goes a long, long way. Um, so I think Keith Lee lost at three minutes, 32 seconds. And I thought they used all, all, all of that three minutes, 32 seconds really, really well. Uh, ideally you'd want him to last a bit longer, but I think considering he wasn't going to win it, this was perfect for him. Um, Mm -hmm. and then Braun Strowman came in one minute 48 and, and and then, yeah. And and then, you know, the, the rest sort of start to come in. Drew McIntyre came in at, at number 16, which meant that, um, at number 16, it meant that Guy was the closest because Guy had mentioned number 19 was going to yeah. win the round. But you, but you picked <laughs> Drew. So, yeah. Yeah, that's true, actually. I think Teddy went down on that one. Okay. And you changed it too, remember? You, went, you, you were teetering, you were teetering. <laughs> and then you, you changed it back. Um, yeah, for that one. And then just side note for the Women's Rumble, I think um, Alex picked number 21, Guy picked number 30, I picked 27. Mm. So Alex was the closest because Charlotte was 17, I think. She came in at yes. number 17. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, th- I thought by that time that Brock had been used to his full value and mm-hmm. you know now it's just get as many people into the ring now and, and, and all of the stuff with Drew then transpires. So I thought this was the perfect use of Brock Lesnar. If you're going to let him come in at number one, let him toss guys that we knew didn't stand a chance to get, you know, to win the Rumble. Um, it, it might, I know it's a bit harsh because it might feel like a short night for some of the guys. Um, Morrison getting nine seconds, for example. But, oh, wait, Eric Rowan got eight seconds. So he, he got oh. the, the lowest <laughs> amount of time. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that was uh, that was a thing that happened. Yeah, that was a he, thing that happened. He, but you know secret, what else? His secret weapon should have been his little cage monster against Brock. Yeah. <laughs> Bite Brock. Give him team. Um, you know what else was great? When Drew did eliminate Brock, he kept looking back. Yeah, yeah. He kept giving those glances back and just eyeing him down like the alpha male and just being like, yeah, I did, did just do that. I did. And Brock just swore his mouth off off the side. It was incredible stuff. And we have to remember, Drew is effectively a cho- one of the chosen guys. Um, you know, Vince dubbed him a future world champion when he was first in the company, and it didn't quite work out. He left, and then he's come back. So I think for him as well, he was on backstage, I think it was last week or the week before, and he was just talking about how he, you know, leaving the company was probably so good for him because he got a chance to grow. He got a chance to mm. go to companies where he had to be the franchise player. And I think all of that has built up to this moment where he carries himself like a franchise player. If if there's any anyone in this roster that you can you know say could probably match Brock Lesnar physica- uh, physically, um, just on looks alone, maybe uh, Drew is definitely up there with 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 some of the guys that you would throw out there. So I think he's the perfect opponent for Brock. I think he's he he's going to be really interesting if they you know give him the nod and he gets the belt going forward after mania i think he could be a real real menace and i'm i'm happy for him and i thought the rest of the rumble as well was really fun the the edge moments you guys mentioned um it was really cool having him back um i can just imagine alex i, I wish i was a fly in the wall when that happened um so it it it's kind of like really excited but also please don't hurt yourself type moments 
Um, and then, yeah, I think when Seth Rollins came in at 30, did anyone think that he was maybe going to get it? There was an inkling. There was an inkling, boss. I think as soon as, like, you saw the madness outside of, like, Buddy and that, uh, it was like, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna fall apart here, uh, and the fact that Ro- Roman Andrew, I think they were obviously the two names before, was like it's got to be between them two, hasn't it? Yeah, it's just an be. interesting fact on that. Backstage, well, from the creative perspective, um, the two names that were actually tossed around was um, Drew and Alistair Black. To, Motherfucker. To, to yeah. I was mad. You fucking, fuck you, Vince. <laughs> Tell me, I, I mean, what what do what do you mean? I mean, because the fi- the final stretch we had, uh, what number was Edge? Edge came in at number twenty one. So he was twenty one, and then we had I think we had AJ just before that, didn't we? Um, he obviously got injured, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Randy was about uh, Seth Ko. Was. Joe came in like twenty nine, didn't he? Um, yeah. And then Seth, and what was it? The rest of uh, the OC. <laughs> so they obviously had something planned, but he got injured, so they couldn't do it. Um, so yeah, it was. I thought it was a good ending to the match, especially in tough circumstances of, of AJ's injury. Um, yeah. But I did, did good storytelling there. We had the prelude um, to Edge and Orton's masterpiece the night after on Raw. That that was special TV. That I think that only that can only work with char- long established characters like that, and the emotional return of Edge um, can do that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, to do. I mean, what 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 did you make of the end? Because I thought like Alistair Black getting, I thought he'd get dragged back into the the Buddy Murphy stuff because he got eliminated by him, didn't he? On the when he was on the edge and he kind of joined him with the Monday Night Messiah stuff, but he's seemingly gone away from that. Do you think it did, towards the end, it did enough to... Mm, how am I going to word this? Make other people feel important? Because obviously I had Matt Riddle as well. He got binned off for other reasons, but oh. it just kind of felt like it. as soon as we knew it was Roman and Drew, well, as soon as we saw them in the last two, we knew, it kind of just made everyone else feel... I don't know, not mid-card, because I don't think they are, but less important. Yeah, I, I, the thing is, I think once it starts getting to the final, I think the probably the final four is, is who you look at um, in terms of whether or not they, um, whether or not they have any um, gravitas, or, or that, that always seems to be, the big who do who was the final four who was left at the end and if you look at who those four were um it would have been drew roman edge mm-hmm. and randy? Orton. yeah yeah and randy orton and uh, so i think those having those guys as the final i thought was quite fitting obviously yeah. because of the edge and randy storyline and the fact that Randy is, you know, such a pillar of this company, and and especially when he's motivated, he is absolutely phenomenal. He's, I think, at times the problem for Randy is because he's so good, um, he just phones it in at times, and then it takes a, a feud like this Edge one, where he's really excited to come into work in the morning, that you really see how good he is. Mm. Where same, it's same with, with Lesnar, isn't it? It's like them too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, 
I think Randy is a phenomenal worker. It's just, yeah, just motivated Randy is, is, is another level. And then you have Edge and, you know, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, could this be the proper Cinderella story? You know, him coming back and actually winning the whole damn thing. Uh, that, that, that's what <laughs> Then you think, then you think, could you do Edge v Brock Lesnar? No, because he'll die. <laughs> that's the thing. You, you don't know if he can take that. You know, you don't want him going to Suplex City, I don't think. Um, but but the thought is there, considering he's he's in and around the last four, and then obviously as we mentioned, Roman, the perennial you know um, main eventer, uh, you always mm. know that he's going to be in and in with a shot, and and then you wonder whether or not he's going to win it, especially after seeing Charlotte um, Charlotte win the the women's <laughs> one. <Yeah. laughs> that that was my biggest fear. Um, as soon as Charlotte won her one, I was like, oh, God, no, <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. Um, but, <laughs> but I thought, yeah, I thought they told the story really well. I also thought it was interesting that they let Drew win the Rumble because I thought just eliminating Brock alone would have been enough mm. to to book that match. You know what I mean? Brock could have come after him and just yeah, yeah. Uh, just out of pure rage and anger. But the fact that they further established him by him winning it as well and then doing the obligatory point to the sign. Um, yeah, I thought that was a really, really good ending to the show, really good moment. You had the guys that you didn't want to win in the final four in Roman Reigns and the guys that you could potentially win. And then you get, you know, the probably the least likely, if you if you were to take the four that were in the ring, I think Drew would have probably been the least likely one to win it going into the Rumble. So yeah. uh, I thought it was really well booked. And also the fact that... Um, because Brock Lesnar eliminated 13 people, um, not many other people got eliminations. So Drew McIntyre got six eliminations. Uh, Edge got three. Uh, one of those maybe by mistake. Uh, because, well, mm. maybe not by mistake, but impromptu. By necessary. Yeah. AJ, yeah. AJ injury. Um, King Corbin got one. Uh, and then... Which was... Ra- ri- that was a riddle, <laughs> wasn't it? God, <laughs> yeah. Vince is such a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um randy orton got one and roman reigns got two. Oh, roman reigns got two and then seth rollins got three so there were a few threes and twos and ones littered mm. in there but drew stood out as you know just getting under half of yeah. what brock did as, as yeah, the yeah. most yeah I, I i absolutely agree i felt i thought it was to be fair i think this was overall not not just the rumble matches for the pay-per-view itself i think alex mentioned it before um this is one of this is probably the best, if not one of the best pay per views in a long god while. Like every match felt like it had a maybe not the pre show, but who gives a shit? Um, every main um, show match felt like it had a purpose, maybe except Bailey v Lacey, and that that's quite rare nowadays. And it it built stars. It had good matches. It had st- stuff that maybe annoyed you at the time, but feels feels great now with the way. Um, Ray and stuff's going. But overall, what what did you make of the pay-per-view today? Yeah, overall, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun show, um, top to bottom. As you said, with the pre-show, as much as Vince tries to convince everyone that it's part of the main show, um, I think it's definitely the pre-show for a reason, and Mm -hmm. and sometimes it gets lost um, quite out there. In terms of the the main event show itself, I, I I thought it was really really well executed. Or you know, starting it from, you know, from the the, the Roman segment, them going taking a tour around the entire stadium, you, showcasing everything was really fun. 
the women's rumble was booked really, really well. Probably my favorite rumble uh, in a good while. Uh, that women's rumble, both men and women's rumbles, I, I thought it was really, really good. Uh, not just the Bianca, you know, Bianca aside, I thought they mm-hmm. booked it really well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I thought they they did they they get a lot of credit for that one. And then you look at the the singles matches in between. Um, some of it may have fallen a bit flat, but I think that's due to the fact that they sandwiched in between rumble matches, and you know those are the death spots, especially just after after a rumble match to then have to go in there the crowd is absolutely exhausted they're probably a lot of them going on a bathroom break now because they you definitely don't want to go on a bathroom break during any of the rumbles themselves so it, it's a really really difficult spot to be in i yeah. thought um, and then looking at daniel bryan and the fiend getting a great match out of the fiend is, is always a good thing i think um, and Daniel Bryan sold sold really really well. Unfortunately for Bailey and Lacey, as, as I said, they were in the dead spot after a Rumble match. But that match didn't really hit the the heights that maybe WWE thought it was going to hit. I I, I didn't have much faith in it. I just don't think um, Lacey Evans is ready for the position they're trying to put her in. Um, and it kind of showed in this match, unfortunately for her. Uh, so it will be interesting to see where they go with Bailey going forward. Um, based on SmackDown last week and this week, they I think they seem to be confused about what they're going to be doing with her going forward. So that will be interesting. Uh, and then yeah, to to end the night on on a high, getting a a baby face to to win the Royal Rumble on a day when you thought that um, you know either Roman Reigns is going to be winning it or Brock might just go the whole damn way. Uh, I thought it was really, really well executed, and it built up a lot of stars that are up and coming. Even though you know they might not have won the match, I thought there were quite a few people that were highlighted and looked really, really good. And I hope that's money in the bank for the future for them uh, going forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we've lost Alex for the time being, but I will ask his thoughts on the. Uh entire rumble um, but we're going to move on to nxt quickly i don't but it's going to be a long pod but yeah there's, there's gaps and stuff <laughs> um so we're going to quickly go through the portland um card or maybe not go do a, a proper preview for all of them but um a few matches uh look i make pretty much all of them look pretty mouth-watering but there's some that we're going to probably focus on more than the others and one for me is keith levy dominic dijakovic which i mean it 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 reads like Vince's wet dream, this to Diva. <laughs> There's a lot of meat in this match. And Dominic's obviously gone through a lot of meat to get into this match. Um, but we saw these have like a a, a couple-week feud, was it a month or two ago? And it, yeah. it was very eye-catching then. But to have it on the platform of, of a takeover where we know it just churns out five-star matches for fun... I think this has potential, maybe not to be a, a proper wrestling classic, not saying they can't wrestle or anything like that, but this, I think this just could be an absolute meaty match. Oh, yeah, I, I think there's going to be a really good match. And considering, as you said, the, the matches they've had in the past, they've shown that they can actually have really, really good matches, really good storytelling, and proper big SOBs to, 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 to be in the ring. Um, I think, obviously, you know, previewing in terms of who we think wins and loses, I would assume that Keith Lee just carries on with the title, especially having just gotten it. Um, but Dominic Dijakovic is, is a perfect opponent to start off with. 
Um, mm-hmm. They both have mutual respect, and, and they showed that on NXT TV this week um, with the handshake at the end. And, yeah, it should be a really good, uh, strong, and athletic match. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's seemingly, I think it is the perfect match. I mean, to be fair, I mean, uh, oh, what's his bloody name? I always forget his name. The Irish one. Oh, what's his name? The Beast of Belfast. Killian Dane. Killian Dane. God. <laughs> I always forget his name. That that would be an interesting feud um, as Prince well. I'm proud that you remembered his nickname, though. Yeah. It's, How many it, times they use nicknames? Yeah, <laughs> no. it really is. It bloody really is. I almost said Nicky Cross's husband. <laughs> uh, <laughs> good God. Um, yeah, that that would be an interesting feud. I mean, you could always go back to... Uh, Roderick Strong as well, seeing as they've not really um, cha- re-challenged for his belt and stuff like that. But I think it's going to be really interesting to see Keith Lee's title run. Because, I mean, I, ca- I called it on the Rumble preview because Vince, Vince does not push people for no reason on the main roster when it's an NXT star. So I think post-Mania you could see a big push for Keith. Um, or maybe even like plan it out to next year's Survivor Series or something like that. Um. So, yeah, I agree, Keith Lee winning that. Um, Dakota Kai v. Tegan Knox kind of took a bit of a hitch in terms of the main roster stuff, as we mentioned, kind of got blown over there. But it's um, I've started watching NXT since it's gone on BT, so I've not, I'm not well-schooled in the proper history of it, but obviously the story from, the, from War Games where uh, Dakota Kai turned heel and attacked Tegan, but the build-up hasn't from the little bits I've seen, seems a bit, a bit dodgy in terms of them having a match last week. It seems a bit un-NXT-ish. Yeah, I think that's probably the perfect way to describe it, un-NXT-ish. Um, speaking of rushed uh, programs, this seems like a pretty rushed program, and I thought they were mm. going to build it up a lot more. Um, I'm not too sure the direction that they're going with, who's going to be coming out on top. Um, I thought it was going to be Dakota Kai evading some sort of fight with Tegan mm-hmm. Knox for a really, really long time. Then eventually it would lead to a street fight. But the fact that they're yeah. going straight street fight as as the first main big blow off is quite surprising to me. Um, yeah, I, I don't know much to say about it. I, I think it's more the story after this that will be interesting than, than the, the storyline right now because it seems like they're going so fast uh, through through this storyline, yeah, I think we've got Alex as Alex back as well. Um, what what have you made of this? Because obviously you're you're a long term viewer of NXT with, with today as well. Do you do you think this has been a bit rushed with uh, Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox? I think they do. NXT does have this thing where they will rather than putting build up, build up, build up, blow off, they'll do significant match. And then let it evolve from there. I have I have a sneaky suspicion this is going to be another sort of Champa Gargano, another sort of um, Sammy Kevin Owens. Although that actually lasted very very sorry sort of slight. But uh, for anyone who was watching NXT back then, Ke- Sammy versus Kevin Owens sort of happened as Sam uh, Kevin turned on Sammy. Kevin put Sammy out. Kevin went to feud with Neville. Then Sammy came back. And they had a big, another big sort of furor. Um, the same thing sort of happened with Johnny and, and Champer, although that wasn't mm-hmm. that wasn't that was sort of forced on them. 
So obviously the the big 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 blow off came later, but there was a lot of sort of teeing up and then not quite picking up, like sort of dropping down, Johnny feuding with other people and then coming back up again, escalating and then going down again. I have a sneaky suspicion that this is more of a let's get one of the big action spots of this story in right now and then move on from that afterwards because if it's not, you're right, it doesn't really make sense um, why they'd put the blow-off so soon uh, and why on weekly television they've sort of just had them going tit for tat that now the really good turn, the really, really good Dakota turn is sort of being exhausted, not exhausted, but uh, used up very quickly. So I, my hope is that something big happens, maybe Tegan beats Dakota convincingly, Dakota's off for a month, and then she comes back and savagely attacks Tegan and it's just the case of you can't get rid of me. I'm your worst nightmare. I'm your the devil that's going to haunt you for, your, for the rest of your life. So that would, that would be cool. Um, but because it's NXT, I do have faith in in what will be an incredibly emotional matchup given the storyline, but also just another significant string to this incredible cards both. Yeah. Yeah. I think as long as the match is good, I think you can kind of um, fix possibly a rushed um, story, which I mean, the main roster kind of does all the time. So let's see what NXT can do. Um, for some reason, Wikipedia has the cha- the championship next, but I'll skip that. Um, Let's go on to the women's match. We've kind of discussed the, discussed this earlier with the Rumble, so shall we just say who we think will win? Because we did kind of discuss it, and I don't want an, I don't want a two-hour pod. Uh, I, I'll go Rhea here. Yeah, Rhea for me as well. Non-finished, damn it. I wouldn't doubt that it's, it could happen. I think it's not as predictable as people are making it out purely because I'm going to the... get into existence. Yeah. Yeah. But also because of how hot Bianca is right now. Um, but I think you'll be happy either way, oh, Taddy, because, but... well, I mean, maybe. Oh, you mean not... a run, a run. Right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the, the operative word is you'll be satisfied because you'll get to see her in a more prominent position if it doesn't happen because yeah if if she's not uh the champion i think she's almost certainly going to be up on the main roster soon enough yeah that's a good shot absolutely whether that's whether that's a good thing in itself is obviously like up for debate these days but the fact that they have the chance to get more exposure and more sort of spotlight and newer matches and open to a what's the word a broader audience, even though it's the same audience. I think, yeah, moving up to the main roster has still got that glamour about it these days. I know mm-hmm. it's talked down a lot, but for people like Bianca, so, Maria, moving up is a good thing. I think also the fact that she looks like a, a, a an athlete might yeah. help quite a bit with the, the Vince booking, whereas some of the other NXT call-ups that we've had in the past, you know, you know, you look at like the Sasha Banks's and stuff, they're not as big as like a Charlotte. So you, you kind of worry about how, you know, you know, Vince's stigma with that. If you're not blonde, at least be athletic. Um, mm-hmm. it, it kind of like what, what the, um, the mantra would be. So you're hoping that, that, that can help a, a little bit. 
they are harder to market too. Like Sasha is a hard act to market because legit boss stems from the fact that, yeah, she's confident, which you can sort of see. She's brilliant in the ring, which you sort of have to watch to see. And that's a hard thing to get over. And the whole idea that she was back in NXT, she sort of ran the, the brand because she developed with it. Um, whereas obviously you look at one look at Bianca and you go, Jesus Christ, she's ridiculously athletic. She's got this hair whip. That's incredible. She's got mad charisma. Yeah. I can sell that. I can sell that easily. So yeah, I think that step up would actually do it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't do predictions for Kai v Tegan Knox. Uh, I'll go Kai. Yeah, I think I'm, I think it's going to be a brutal Dakota Kai sort of, beating Tegan, and then Tegan comes back at her sometime in the next, you know, month or two. Yeah. What yeah, I got Kai as well. Cool. Right. Um, Finn Balor v Johnny Gargano, which, if it isn't a five-star, it'll be disappointing. That that said, um, to do, I know we haven't touched on Worlds Clyde, because it would be a three-hour pod if we did. Finn v um, Ilya, I didn't think was that special. Has the, yeah. main, has the main roster infected him? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a decent match. Yeah, maybe not anything special, but it, it was quite a, a jam-packed show as well with quite a lot of good matches. So maybe that's what took away from it. Um, and the fact that there wasn't really any stakes in the match, that mm. also maybe took away from it as well. But I think in terms of this match, you, yeah, you would imagine that it's going to be a really good match. Um Finn Balor obviously has that, hopefully the the new found spark and, and the, the edge to him coming back down. Um, the fact that he is trying to show that this is, you know, this is the territory I built. And then the whole part of Johnny wrestling, well, you're the old guy. This is what, what NXT has become and we've evolved since you were here. I think it's a really good storyline between the two of them. I don't know if Johnny Gargano is capable of having a bad match. So I, I think very that's true. very true. Could <laughs> elevate, could, and that sounds so crazy saying it, but it could saying that it could elevate Finn Balor. But yeah, John, Johnny seems to always have a really good match, and his matches are always well thought out. And I think Finn will appreciate that, and they'll do some really, really cool storytelling. The promos have been tremendous in the lead up to this as well. Mm. Um, I, I think uh, it's got that. Yeah, that edge, that difference to it. Like Teddy was saying, that uh, almost the legitimization of Finn Balor has to come through Johnny Gargano for him to be become a proper NXT staple again because it's sort of like, well, you, you left. If you want to come back, you have to prove that you're you're like worthy. Uh, and he's already Finn's already had a great match with Adam Cole for the NXT title, but yeah, that's going to be just that, that idea of Finn, who, let's not forget, strapped NXT to his back. Um, for a long, long time. He was the main man there. Mm-hmm. He was the John Cena of NXT for ages, uh, with the difference obviously being that the rest of the show was c- tremendous as opposed to you know the peak scene years when the rest of the show was crap. So this Johnny Gargano versus Finn Balor match, I'm sure it'll have a lot of kickouts, but it's going to be sensational. The other thing is, um, just a brief mention to Ilya Dragunov, Triple H is reportedly very, 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 very high on Ilya Dragunov. Mm. Uh, he apparently loves him. So Ilya versus Walter is probably going to be the next. Uh, that sounds fun. 
I wonder if it's going to be a takeover. Probably not, but it's certainly going to be the next um, main maybe feud for the NXT. Maybe, yeah, maybe the yeah. UK will do a... Uh, sorry, maybe, yeah, the UK will do a title match at the That's, NXT takeover, Yeah, um, which would be fantastic <laughs> fun. But yeah, uh, Triple H loves Ilya, so, and that's good because Ilya's great. The other thing is Timothy Thatcher signed. Sorry? The thing, other thing of Triple H loving people, apparently he's, his goal now in WWE is to get Okada to WWE, which I think will never happen, but yeah. Boy, there you go. Yeah. NXT Japan's <laughs> Yeah, well, he keeps trying. He's really pushing. And I think, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he really, really pushed for Okada, you know, in his twilight. But I think well, to be fair, he might, do, he might do a one off like um, that's, that's, Liger yeah, Jr. That's exactly yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. And Okada's been backstage at WWE multiple times before. So it's not like he's completely foreign to it. I think it's just Okada is such a magnet draw for njpw that they wouldn't let him go so yeah that one-time mm-hmm. thing might might work but um the other thing is tim thatcher timothy thatcher signed uh with the WWE alongside killer cross yeah so uh in terms of that nxt uk side of things that's where that will probably end up um whether we see cross on this takeover in like a little you know those little camera shots they do between <laughs> the, the, matches. the audience camera shot yeah yeah I don't, i'm not sure there'll be many people who know who killer cross is but this is important it could be the first time we properly see scarlet bordeaux and that would get an audience reaction uh so yeah so those are the two things to look out for i think from from takeover um in terms of the match itself yeah Finny, Finny, Finn versus Johnny is probably the. It sounds weird to say sleeper match of the night, but it's the match of the night that I think could surprise people in just how good it is because I don't think Finn's had a brilliant match for a while, uh, and this could be it. Yeah, it's it, it it's certainly the one I'm probably looking forward to the most. Um, of course, it, I think this just has the most potential because as as uh, today we said, Gargano hasn't had a bad match. Well, I don't think I've never seen him have a bad match. Um, so yeah, that'd be fun. Um, right, we're running out of time because I have to be done soon. Um, so tag team match. Uh, Undisputed Era v the. Again, I don't know if this is a bad name or an amazing name. The Bros awaits. It, it sounds like it should be shit, <laughs> um, but the the Bros awaits. Um, we know this is going to be good because NXT don't do bad tag team matches. They just simply don't. Um, for me, I think the Undisputed Era have to win. Putting a, a team that's just kind of recently came together to beat the Undisputed Era, I, I just I don't think it makes sense. I know the tag team division isn't what it once was down there, but I think you can build up someone quite quickly like they did with Allah the Street Profits. Yeah, agree, agree completely. Um, I don't really have anything to necessarily add to that because I agree with everything you said. The only thing I would say is, do we think Pete Dunne turns heel? That'd be interesting. Because as, when he's moved over to the to NXT, NXT, the, he, he's been involved, but he's not really had a a big spot, has he? Or not not that, quite, not and he was sort of forced to be a face because everyone knew how brilliant he was at, at mm. putting on matches. So, and he was—I I thought I know he was good as a, a face, but he always naturally seems like a heel, especially when he initially 
it was him v Tyler Bate, wasn't it? He always seemed like a better heel. Yeah. The first UK tournament, he was he worked heel brilliantly. Mm. But what about you, Teddy? Do you think do you think he might go heel turning on Riddle here? No, I think they're gonna give the belts to Riddle and mm. Ooh. Yeah, purely because once the once one belt went for Undisputed Era, I just thought they were gonna take all of them off them. Uh for some That's reason. Good yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a good point. Well, the next development, that and then Cole, yeah, leaves that, that, leaves Cole with the world title to drop to Champa. Yeah, I think so. Well, let's move on to the the championship match then. So today we know where you're going then. Um, this this again will be brilliant because it just will be. Um, Champa's came back, natural story, never lost the the title in the ring, um, and stuff like that. Um. I think this will be brilliant, but I think Adam Cole's going to win. Mm, I'm the same. I think one more. I think it'll be one more takeover until Cole loses, and I it probably will be the champer. The thing is, I think a raid like Cole's, I know he's kind of, I think he dropped it once, then got it back, didn't he? Um, yeah, to Gargano. Yeah, and you can kind of, you can draw similarities with Shayna Baszler's kind of. I know she dropped hers just, it was just on an episode of NXT, wasn't it? But I think with Cole's, it, it it screams WrestleMania weekend to drop it finally. Rather than just I know it's their first individual one in a while. Um but I think it's WrestleMania weekend. You he, he drops it, I don't know. To maybe Champa, maybe Gargano, probably not Finn. But some someone. I think there's some someone there you can drop it to on WrestleMania weekend rather than this one. Yeah, I I'm the same, yeah. One more takeover. Have Cole win it. Have him scramble to be like, I'm the last one with the gold. The prophecy's falling apart. And bang, you've got a ready made champ winning celebration moment. Yeah, maybe, maybe screw him out of it. And then you can build up for a bit with Champer and Gargano and, and DIY and some others against Undisputed Era on TV. And then many a uh, takeover you can do have the big moment. Um. So yeah, I mean, I think we all know Portland's going to be amazing. But do you think it could be best of the best takeover? I mean, the card certainly looks potentially like that. Yes, in a word, absolutely. Uh, it, like I said, I was saying before, I think it's the best wrestling card since WrestleMania thirty, quite possibly. Um, in terms of a takeover, it's probably the most anticipated takeover, purely because of the status it's garnered over the last couple of months and because of obviously the network deal uh it could well be yeah one of the best shows WWE's ever put on which is incredible to think about but you just never you can never be surprised with NXT you just have to keep enjoying it because it is the best thing in wrestling absolutely same for you to do yeah I think same for me also the fact that NXT gets time to plan their matches and maybe rehearse them as well. I'm expecting fireworks in this one. Fair dues, fair dues. And we're going to finish up there because, as I said, I had to be done, and this has got an hour and a half when I thought it'd be slower than that, but we started talking about Otis, didn't we? Um, Which is always a good sign. But we'll finish up there. So thank you, you two, for joining me, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Goodbye.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.